The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome to today's episode of the Brightside Podcast. My guest today is TV personality and podcast host Hannah Burner. Thank you for thank having you for, me, Caitlin. <laughs> thank you for being here. This may or may not be the second time we've recorded this episode because the first time around we just clicked so well that we couldn't shut our mouths up. I'm pretty sure the producers were like, hey, you guys spoke for 60 minutes and we don't know what anything was said. There was no yeah. topic. There was no. no anything productive. So we were just buttering <laughs> each other up for this moment. Yes, for this moment. Although it kind of feels like the same thing's about to happen, but I'm going to kind of <laughs> try to keep us on track today. Talk about what's important, which is... <laughs> what is? What is? <laughs> well, okay. What I do want to do is for anybody who's listening to the episode, just get to know you a little bit better. So do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are? Of course. Um, I'm currently on... Actually, it's kind of complicated. <laughs> when people ask me what I do, it depends. If it's in general, I'll be like, oh, I create content, but that sounds kind of stupid. But I'm on a reality TV show called Summer House. I do stand-up comedy. I used to. I got fired by the coronavirus, but hopefully I'll do it again. And then I'm on Instagram. I do this like live show with my friend Paige, Giggly Squad, and I create funny videos and tweets. And I have a podcast called Burning in Hell, which is a mental health comedy podcast. So that's like my current projects that I'm working on. Very impressive list of projects. <laughs> I feel like we have a similar kind of resume, though, actually, if you think about it, because you've got Summer House, I've got The Hills, you've got mm -hmm. Burning in Hell, I've got The Bright Side, and we have a sort of similar, I just need a, an Instagram live show. I feel like show. maybe you've been copying me because I may have <laughs> been on my shows first, but it's okay, because it's fine. Um, maybe you should get your own thing, but I totally get it. I'm not no. doing a great job of copying you, though, because you're 10,000 times funnier than me oh. and definitely have a lot more listeners. Oh, shut up. But what I will say <laughs> is I discovered you a couple years ago. I guess you might have been dating Brody and I was just like obviously doing recon because I need to know who Brody's with because I did grow up watching Laguna Beach and stuff. Was he on Laguna Beach? No. No. <laughs> Definitely not. Oh. I don't know. Maybe. No, I maybe. don't think so. Just the hills. It's oh, all just the, same the hills. Hill. Yeah. Anyway, close enough, inspired by each other. And I looked at you and I saw that you had this really cool business and I was just like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur so bad. I think I was like 26. And I think when you want to be an entrepreneur and like creating is what brings you joy, eventually, it doesn't matter how you get there, you could hit rock bottom, you could just like start doing it as a side hustle. Um, but now I'm creating and that's what makes me happy. Yeah, I mean, I think what you just said about how you sometimes it takes hitting rock bottom to actually get the most creative and come up with something that will really work and resonate with people. Did you have that experience? Yeah, I feel like I always talk, I feel like you're LA so I can talk to you about this and not get judged, but I feel like I never like talking to psychics because I don't want to know like what I'm supposed to do. Like I, I want to feel like I have free reign to do whatever I want. And someone basically explained to me like, you kind of have your path and you could go in different paths, but the universe will kind of push you back if it's wrong. I think that's that way in relationships and careers. And from a young age, I was super creative and goofy, but I went into tennis. And I played tennis until I was 22. I played a little professionally. I played in college. I tried to do sales. I tried to do marketing. And I was just like miserable. I was depressed. I just felt like you start like you're looking at other people being like, oh, why can't I live like that? And those things, it's not jealousy. It's actually like signs from the world being like, that's what you want to do. 
And it took me like just really hating my job and feeling disrespected, not getting a raise and just being like, you know what, I'm quitting. And I just started saying, I want to do video. And then after just like deciding I want to do video, which is the hardest part, I didn't even know what video meant. In two years, I was on a reality show and it's kind of wild. Is that how fast it happened? Two years? I was like 25 doing marketing for a t-shirt company, just basically doing customer service all day. And it was brutal. And my boss didn't like any of my ideas and I was getting paid like nothing. And I saw an old video of me doing sports broadcasting at University of Wisconsin. I was like, I miss being in front of the camera and having fun. And, and then I started just telling people I want to do video. And that's like part of manifestation, just like putting it into the universe. And once you close a door, you'd be surprised how many doors open. I literally was like, I'm done with this job. I had some like freelance gig for a month that gave me money. But it's also funny because all my friends, you know, you're 25 and a lot of people do have quarter life crisis moments like all my friends are in Vietnam or like going doing yoga in like Thailand or something (laughs) because they realize wait I don't want to do this whatever job I've been doing for the first five years for the rest of my life but I actually had a friend see that Betches the company Betches was looking for a video producer and he heard me randomly talk about how I wanted to do video and was like you should submit a video so I submitted a short video. They said, you have no experience. What are you doing talking to us? And I was like, but I have all these ideas and I can could, could make them really good. And they were like, we'll put you on freelance for like $300 a week. And I was like, fuck yeah, this is my, like, I'm in my lane now. Like, just get me in the right lane. And then I was making videos for about a year for them. Then I heard from Summer House. Then I started my podcast and it kind of like, I feel like when you're doing, it's like when you meet the right person, I feel like it just naturally, I haven't found it, but I heard <laughs> it just comes naturally and it flows. It's like surfing. I'm giving LA references. You get on the surfboard, it's hard, but then once you get the wave, it just goes. So that's how I feel with like creativity and like your path. <laughs> I love how you use surfing as a reference to try to explain to me, like as if I ever have surfed. <laughs> you're like sick. You're like, you're from, you live in California, right, bro? <laughs> favorite part of Laguna Beach when everyone's just partying drinking and then randomly the guys are like let's go for a surf and I'm like what and they just be like <laughs> sitting on the beach being like bro last night was crazy let's get some let's get some waves it'll calm me down it's actually I wish that that wasn't the reality but that's exactly what they're like <laughs> in New York like I don't know what guys do when they have to like be alone or what they where they go they're like oh let's talk about finances <laughs> <laughs> That's so sexy. They're like stocks and bonds. Ugh. <laughs> Do you feel like, because I had a sort of similar trajectory in terms of working for someone else for years. Mm. You know, I spent the first four years out of college working for a big company and I actually really loved it. I feel like the structure was kind of helpful for me because uh, when I'm left to my own devices, it gets a little sketch, like I'm all over the place. But I do think for some people, working for yourself just makes a huge difference. Like creatively, you were just saying, I mean, do you yeah. think that that's, do you think that has helped you? Or what are your thoughts on working for yourself versus working for someone else? So I am terrible with authority. I was never one to like cause issue with authority, but I just, even as like an athlete, I never needed a coach to tell me what to do. I just needed a coach to like support me because I'm so hard on myself and in my own head, I don't need someone else making me feel bad. And then at a job, I always, I am bad with like someone would tell me what they want. And I would always be like, but I have all these other ideas too. 
And um, I started to get frustrated because I'd be making funny videos and every video I'd make funny is such a subjective thing. So like I'd have three bosses giving all their notes on like a one minute funny video and started to drive me crazy because I was like, this is my vision. This is my humor. Um, and, I, and then I started posting my own tweets on my own page. And I just love the freedom of like no one was judging and saying if, if it was good enough or not. And I really find that I'm my most creative when I don't feel like I'm put in a box by like a brand or I could also get really worried about what people think of me or like, am I good enough for my boss? And that's not the mindset that I'm most, my most productive. So do you feel less that you're concerned with what people think of you now? Yeah, I just now have to make sure that I'm happy. Like I wake up in the morning, I'm not worried like, oh, am I doing enough work for this person? Or, oh, do I have to fake that I'm online to show this job that I'm working? Like, I hate all that bullshit. Even with a reality show, do you, and because now you're so much more, you might not work for someone else, but you're now such a big public figure and you're on a TV show and you're doing like all, all of the things that you're doing, you're really putting yourself out there publicly. Great question. I think it's, and point, I think it's because I do need the high of performing, which is like stand up is the ultimate like judgment, like get up there clown and let me see if you can laugh into your jokes. <laughs> so it's more like I always love performing. And I do like the challenge, but I, if I'm going to put myself out there, I want it to be like my decision and all of me and not like just doing it for someone else. And I also think as I hate having a glass ceiling and I hated people controlling like my trajectory. And I just love the freedom of like, yeah, if I do badly this year, I won't make any money. But if I do well, like no one's putting a cap on my salary. And that's really empowering, I think, for female entrepreneurs to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I hadn't really thought of it like that. But that's so true. When you work for yourself, really, the sky's the limit. So did Summerhouse find you through, they found you? So I actually had interviewed some of the cast and I like kind of knew some of the cast from around just New York City. And then they were looking to do like a big recast and my name was thrown in the mix. And I, I'd never applied to a reality TV show. I never like tried to be on The Bachelor. I don't know. I just was never thinking reality TV. I'm terrible at confrontation. So I basically told them when they were talking to me, I was like, I might not be the girl you want. Like, I'm not a hot mess. Turns out I am. But at the time, I was like, I'm not your hot mess. <laughs> I was like, I don't even drink that much. I want to show that women could be sporty and funny. I'm like, not good at fighting with people. And I'm like, if you want me, I will be great as that person, but I can't fake to be anyone else. And they were kind of like, yeah, you're what we're looking for right now. And I honestly from I mean, maybe I'm biased because, you know, now we're best friends, but <laughs> I personally think that you give reality TV a good name. Having watched, you know, I've watched a few episodes of Summer House now and even just watching you and Paige on your live Instagram live show. You know, you're both so smart, so funny. I know you like to say you're a hot mess, but and but we all, you know, when we drink can mm-hmm. be a little ridiculous. But I feel like the way you do it is like the classiest version of a hot mess you oh my could God, be. Like you. you're, you're, you're cute about it. You're so, fu- I don't know. I was actually thinking that until Summer House, I don't know that I've really watched a reality show that I actually think is truly funny and like in a clever way, not just a totally ridiculous way. And I think you guys do such a good job on that show. Thank you. I mean, I kind of went on with an attitude of like, reality TV is a place where you make mistakes and people watch you try to solve them. Like you're not trying to be perfect. And I kind of, if I went in trying to be just like aspirational and cool all the time, I would have drove myself crazy. And instead I was like, anything I struggle with, hopefully it just helps a girl feel less alone or even a guy. 
even at one point in season four, I'm talking to this guy, Luke. And at one point people were like, you're starting to look bad. Like you look like you're chasing him. And I'm like, you know what? Everyone's been there where you, you don't know who has the control. <laughs> and I'm like, it's like, you don't look so strong right now. And it's like, you know what? There are moments where you don't look strong and that's okay. And that's normal. So I think we brought a self-awareness that maybe reality TV hasn't seen. And somehow we've been able to like, people laugh at us and with us, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I remember when we recorded before, you said that Jersey Shore walked so that you guys could run. <laughs> but I think that's actually very spot on. <laughs> yeah, Summer House is just kind of like the classier, more actual jobs, not just working for a t-shirt shop that you don't show up to. But also when we first met, you kind of were like, we both are in reality TV and it is this world where only if you're in reality TV do you really understand it. And you were kind of expressing a lot of your nerves of being on a reality TV show. Mm-hmm. And I, I had that too. Like Summer House wasn't a successful show when I first went on it. And to hear people right now be like, the show is amazing. I never expected the show to be amazing. I was like, I just don't want to get crucified on the show and like ruin my reputation. Otherwise, who cares what the ratings are? But the fact people have loved it has just made me happy to realize like Cardi B, the Kardashians, like this is just a new kind of television that people are really just getting incredible exposure for their personality and who they are and it's funny entertainment yeah but I mean that really does have to do with the casting and they've clearly done a good job I mean even if you weren't on Summer House you would still be having success in comedy and I think like for example just you and Paige doing your Instagram live show is so funny on its own I know that it's given you an additional platform for exposure but the cast is good you know everyone's funny everyone plays their part It's true. It took, I think, three seasons for us to get that chemistry. Mm. In previous seasons, like season two, there was like fighting, but it was really like negative fighting where Summer House has had the overall feel where we're like, we're friends. We're having a good time with some like relatable issues that happen. Do I hate some people on the cast sometimes? Yeah. Do we know how to work it out? (laughs) Sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, everyone fucking brings it on our show. We do have this cast of very like driven type A New Yorkers who were like, I got a business. I got opinions. I want to be successful. And um, I think half the cast is Leo's also. Like we mm-hmm. call it the lion's den. So it really is this incredible mix of strong personalities that will always get into heated arguments, but bring yeah a great sense of community and fun that you want to be a part of. Well, it's inspired me too. And coming from a show that I know you watched when you were younger, and obviously I'm a newer cast member, so it's mm-hmm. not exactly the same, but it's really inspired me going back into production with the Hills is just kind of like, because because I feel like you just own everything. And I've always felt like I owned everything. But if I'm being honest with myself, I think that I own everything within whatever construct I've created that I think is appropriate to own. You know what I mean? Mm. Reality TV is a chess game and my advice for reality tv and i'm still learning like i'm about to film too and i'm like coaching myself in my head but it's like go in ready to make mistakes and solve them also narrate your whole life so like when you have a construct in your head it's okay explain it so like if you don't say something the audience can then project whatever they want onto you. Like maybe you're nervous on a date. If you're not like, I feel really nervous about this. People can be like, she doesn't care. Oh, she's aloof. 
So like my biggest advice is just like, like reality TVs are getting paid to have conversations and talk. So mm-hmm. just when in doubt, say what you're thinking, because then if anything gets like skewed, they have some footage somewhere, at least if they want a show of you explaining how you felt. That's good advice. Because sometimes you expect like people just be on your side in production and like that doesn't always happen. <laughs> no, I, I think what's interesting is sometimes you think a storyline that's happening is entirely one thing. And then you only find out when the show comes out that it actually had nothing to do with what you were thinking. Like you think you're the center of a storyline and everything's about you. And then all of a sudden when it airs, you're like, wow, this was entirely like they literally use one thing that I said. And it's actually a storyline entirely about something else. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I've built up crazy scenarios in my head about what the producers are trying to do with me. (laughs) That's also it. You like can't predict what they're doing. And it's hard because I have a producer brain too. Like I am a video producer. I think when I first started filming, I was getting critiqued because they were like, you're too aware of everything. Just be. But I'm like, I can't give up control. This is my life. Like, I, what if something bad happens? And I think what I learned is like, I don't have control. I'm here for entertainment. One thing I learned from, I'm bringing up Vanderpump people, but I was friends with some of them. Oh, I <laughs> like how you say was friends. <laughs> Wow. I was talking, I am friends with some of them and I was talking to them about it in the past. And they were just saying like taking advantage of critical moments because there are moments where like, if you don't jump in right there, the moment's done. And like, those are those moments that no one can plan or script. But like, if someone says something that pisses you off in that moment or makes you question something, you have to jump in right then. It's like a timing thing. Reality TV is a lot about the timing of arguments and the, the timing of like reading the room and knowing when it's appropriate for you to, to share your feelings. But then it's also hard because you're like, oh, they might not care about my feelings in this moment. It's messy. It is. I think I just need to be messier. That's, the, that's what I'm getting But be from messy within your own soul if that makes sense you're gonna see me on this next season I'm gonna be doing the weirdest craziest shit I'm gonna be like what Hannah wasn't this what you were saying I should do (laughs) you ruined me (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like being yourself but amplified and like also being yourself if you had no fucking fear yeah wow that's what I think it is like it's not you doing stuff to like get attention or to be wild it's doing the things that you would be scared to do in real life that you think would like, whether it's standing up for someone, standing up for yourself, arguing with someone that you disagree with, um, having more fun on a night or like, yeah, just face those fears. And that's how I like actually matured from Summer House is I was forced to be in so many social, social situations that I didn't want to be in. Cause I'm kind of like, I love having like close girlfriends that I feel good with and a couple boy toys. But otherwise, I'm not trying to put myself in social situations that give me anxiety. So right. doing the show, I was like, this is a fucking nightmare. You know, you fight with someone and the next day, you're like alone at brunch with them. And you're like, how did this happen? But it, it made me grow up a little and be less scared of like facing some confrontations or thinking through and expressing my feelings about stuff because I can like numb myself sometimes. So the show's been surprisingly positive. I was going to say the things you were just describing as things that you should do if you're on a reality show, I think you could apply to just real life in general, facing fears and just going for things that you're not necessarily comfortable with. Those are the things that make you grow. Anytime I do something that I am nervous about and I get through it, 
I'm like, oh, wow, that was actually really cool. I'm so glad I did that every single time. Like you ever have an interaction with a friend group and you don't like how like someone's kind of talking to you and normally you would just like talk shit to your friend to be like, I don't like her really. And like kind of brush it off. off. Mm -hmm. Instead, like you're forced to be like, can we talk? (laughs) And then look them in the eye and be like, what's wrong with you? Did I rub you the wrong way or why are you disrespecting me? Paige and I joke that after filming, we'll deal with like our normal friend drama and we'll be like, okay guys, we have to sit down and talk this out. And they're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) But that's really to me where we're like, okay, we need to have a conversation, sit down. And friends are like, no. (laughs) Make sure the lighting's good. (laughs) No, that's such a good point. You're just carrying all of that into, but you know what? It's actually healthier communication. It is. It's so true. But yes, you're right. You no one's going to be like, why would we sit down and talk this through right now? Like, no. And we're like, but that's how you deal with problems in the house. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's scary. But I do want to bring back, I remember now last time, I remember why I liked you. And it was because your first couple scenes, you wore zero makeup. And I thought it was so fucking confident. And you looked like gorgeous. But I was like, I like that she's not like, I'm on a show. And I want to show everyone that, you know, at 10 a.m. at breakfast at my own house, I have a full face of makeup. It just made you seem like not so stuck up. Thank you. I remember. I mean, you know what? And I said to you the last time that when I saw those scenes on air, I was like, what the hell? Why would I not wear makeup? That was crazy. Like, why would I do that to myself? But then I rewatched because I hadn't seen the show in a year. And, you know, we were going back into filming and I thought I better catch up on everything. And I saw those scenes again and I thought I felt very differently. I was like, you know what? Mm. Yeah, that's what I really look like. You know? Yeah. And yeah. why try to pretend that you're something other than who you are? Because so many shows these days that are put out there, these are there are young women watching them who are very impressionable. And, you know, everybody's just fully decked out in ridiculous clothing. I mean, I think that even for you and I, and we're grown women. It, it adds pressure. So imagine if you're a young girl and you're seeing that every time you see your favorite people on TV, they're fully made up, hair and makeup, the best clothes, super expensive stuff. I mean, it, just to put together one look, like let's be honest, if, we, if you hire a stylist, hair and makeup, you're talking like at least two grand to just for one look, for one scene. When you can also just like believe in yourself that you're good enough with a t-shirt and... And obviously you don't want to disrespect like someone's dinner and show up in fucking pajamas. But the point is, is like, (laughs) it's following your life. And that's like so many different sides of you. And it's not always like Caitlyn at a gala. No, exactly. And I think that's the important thing is to show, because I think that I, I personally feel when I see somebody who looks perfect all the time, I mean, yes, that's amazing. And I'm really happy for you. And (laughs) I wish that I was, but that's the thing is that I think it creates these insecurities that are just not necessary, you know? Yeah. Like, let's I be also a feel like real. it's, I'm attracted to people's, how they carry themselves. And when I see like a girl who doesn't have a lot of makeup, I'm like, that is so attractive that you are confident in how you hold yourself and you're not insecure that your face without like layers of paint on it actually looks, or just looks like you. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I think that that was cool of you. And I think in Thank Summer you. House, I'll have tweets where people are like, why isn't, she brushed her hair. Why is her face so oily? I'm like, bitch, I am hung over. <laughs> like, I didn't sleep like. last night. <laughs> In the beginning, you see, I try like harder to look good. And by the end, you're like, she didn't. 
planned that outfit. She just pulled that from her suitcase. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that is how it happens. You, you, no yeah. matter what you plan, you can never plan anything. Like we filmed three months of the Hills and they had to scrap everything for whatever reason anyway. So then mm-hmm. we had to reshoot for another three months after that. And I had already done all, spent all of my, you know, wardrobe budget, all that, you know, it was already gone. So every single outfit, all the hair and makeup, everything just went in the garbage. And then every single, what they actually ended up using for the show was all footage of like the thrown together, unplanned, just like, you know, all right, here we are. This is what it's like. Wow. I mean, I guess because they were trying to figure out like what the new Hills was going to be and they didn't like how it first turned out yeah we had one showrunner originally and then they they switched to a new one and so we, we literally reshot we filmed october to december and then they were like yeah just kidding we're gonna scrap all of that and we're gonna reshoot and we reshot and for, uh, for your first season on a show it must be so confusing to be like what did what did i do wrong <laughs> well it's wild and then with coronavirus and you know everything that's been going on now again we were supposed to start filming last october and now mm-hmm. it's june and we haven't shot th- i mean so once again Again, it's like I think this is like three years we're going on and we've made one season <laughs> it's insane well people are excited to for when it comes out which is the important I know, thing I, I'm, I'm excited at this point to just get back to filming but I want to talk about burning in hell because did you create burning in hell just in order to be able to talk to people about mental health and mental wellness can you tell us about burning in hell yeah so burning in hell b-e-r-n it's a fun pun in my name it's not like a satanic cult um, I found out I was going to be on Summer House and I actually was talking to my lawyer at the time and he was like, you need a place for people to actually get to know you and talk about what you want because you can't control reality TV. But if people like you, give them a place to get more of you. And I'd been working at Betches and I'd been interviewing like singers, reality TV people, actors. And I just remember thinking like, I used to put these people on a pedestal, like they're rich, they're famous that they were happy. And I was realizing so many of them just seemed as or more fucked up than I was. And I was like, I want a podcast where I take people that a lot of people look up to and talk to them about their demons, what keeps them up at night, their deepest insecurities. And it's been like, I'm 80 episodes in, it's been just like cathartic experience for me just to realize like everyone's really the same. It's kind of just like who finds their joy and who's found like their purpose. And some people do stuff because they like can't face themselves. Like they just need to be busy all the time. Some people will never feel feel good enough if they don't get like tons of attention all the time. And those are the people that go into a lot of like entertainment fields. So I've just been learning a lot about happiness and how like money and fame is um, just a side product of like your own mental issues and where you stand, (laughs) if that makes sense. No, it completely makes sense. I would say from my own personal experience, I've... I think that having been in this space now long enough where that's sort of what I'm surrounded by, now that I'm kind of, you know, I'm spending more time with people who aren't in the entertainment industry um, or who just are a little bit more removed. And the perspective is so different on like just what your priorities are in life and the, the way that you spend your time, the things you talk about. And I'm realizing that I think money and fame all feel so alluring because only a certain subset of people actually have it. Mm. So everybody thinks they want it. But then when you get there, the reality is, is that it's the most empty thing. Like money and fame really mean nothing. Of course, money is nice to have. Yeah. To to some extent. I mean, I've always been one of these people who like, 
kind of works to make just enough money that I'm really happy with where I am. I don't have like these super high goals of maybe like, I don't care enough to be like a billionaire. You know what I mean? I would never <laughs> like, I would never put the effort in to make that happen because it's just not that important to me. Mm-hmm. But for some people it is. And like, that's, that's fine. But what I've realized is like, what's more important to me is just to have a comfortable, nice enough home where like I have enough space to keep my shit and you know it feels clean and I'm healthy and I have good friends and people to talk to and like those are so much more valuable things to focus on and worthy things to focus on getting to a place in your life where you have that oh yeah and I think you're right like from the people that I've been surrounded by who have lots of fame and money I mean that quote like more money more problems (laughs) but it's literally exactly true like yeah There's been studies that show like once you have the minimum amount of money for like living where you want to live and food that you want after that, like certain amount, you actually, it just gets more complicated and you're not happier. There's like reasons why people win the lottery, like commit suicide. Like it really does confuse you and the value of things and what's worth what in life. And I think you finding people who have like similar values and like actually are happy with themselves is like the right energy to surround yourself with. Cause some people who are in the, the entertainment business are just always chasing something more that they'll never have, no matter how much fame or money they have. And that in itself is, is sad. Yeah. I think when you get to a place where your entire self-worth is based on what your fans think of you or Ugh. what designer outfit you're wearing or how much money you're making. I mean, those things are just not important in real life. But I think when that's all that you kind of base your self-worth on, I can see why you would be unhappy because really they're just such trivial things. But yet in that space, that's what people expect from you. Yeah. And I think growing up, I like always wanted to be famous. Like I was never a um, very materialistic person. So it felt materialistic to be like, I want to be famous. But I always, then I realized it's not that I want to be famous, but I just wanted my voice to be heard. And then I realized like, those are kind of two different things where like, I just wanted to be able to have an effect on people and like be remembered for like something that I've done or have an effect on people. So it's like, there's a difference between like just people knowing your name in tabloids versus people being like, oh, she changed my life in this way. Or like, oh, she makes me laugh or, oh, she made me more confident. So I'm not trying to be like I'm Mother Teresa, but I, I try to think of like, there's stuff bigger than me that's happening. And if my voice can like help with that. That's, I, I feel like I have a purpose. I think that's exactly the goal is having, is that that is probably what your purpose is, is yeah. right. Like spreading comedy or positivity or just, you know, valuable lessons to people on a larger scale. And I do think that people mix that up thinking that they want fame. I think wanting fame. And like you said, being in tabloids is people get confused about yeah. what it, that because that in itself is very empty. I mean, and if anything, it's very annoying, you know, yeah. like you're just trying to have a private moment in your life and it's always being captured. I mean, it's frustrating. And I was even a little confused kind of to what you were just saying, which is that I sort of always have been drawn to people who are very powerful, but like the people who were in my life or I would hear it from just random strangers, like that they thought that I like to be around people who were famous all the time. And I would think, well, that's that can't be what it is because I know a lot of famous people that I don't necessarily want to date or I don't like hanging out with. So it's not about that. But what is it? And even I was confused for a long time about what it was that I was attracted to with these people. Because I'm like, you know, 
I know they have to be smart. I know they have to be. And, and what it is, is I realized this because I used to work for this, um, the CEO of this big asset management company. And I always loved being around him. I loved working for him because I was always learning. I was, you know, he was super smart. And actually my therapist pointed it out to me. She was like, all, all of these people, what they have in common is that they're powerful, you know, in whatever space they're in. It's not about the fame. It's not about money. It's not about any of that. It's just that you are attracted to people who are powerful and who, like you said, have an impact on people on a larger scale. And I think that's sort of similar to what is important to me is finding what my message is in life, which for me, it really is positivity and being a good person mm. and having a platform and a way to share that with other people. You know? Yeah. And, and it's like, then maybe you and yourself will feel more empowered and not try to like get it externally. Or it's just like, those are just the people that give you the right energy and you love being around them. But like powerful people are also are, can be fucking scary. <laughs> well, I will say, I think that I think for so many years, because I was just sort of finding my path and finding you know who I was as a person, I was drawn to these people. But now that I'm older, and I've kind of seen it all and done it all. And in terms of all of that, I just feel really strong on my own. And like you said, now I feel like I don't need anybody else to validate that or to like, you know, I don't know, make me feel like I'm powerful alongside them. Now yeah. all I want to do is just do it on my own. But also because you've been through those things, people like look up to you as in like, wow, she's seen so much shit in her career. And then you now have this voice to be like, and with all that, kindness is up here. Still the answer. Yeah. Yeah. You find what you bring that's different than other people. Like, I feel like I have a large mouth. <laughs> like, <I've, laughs> I will say things other people won't, and it's got me in trouble. But then I realized, oh, it actually is what makes me good at my job because I will, yeah, I'll talk about the farting. I'll talk about the things that I'm deeply insecure about and I'll have those uncomfortable conversations that everyone's thinking about, but I've been put on this earth because for whatever reason, I'm not scared to like say it. And if that can like help move anything forward in any way, then that's cool. Um, so I just feel fortunate that like people even care to hear me talk shit. That's good advice though for people to just try to find what it is that's unique about them. Yeah and pursue that as your purpose in life. Because I think back to what we were saying earlier, I think everybody goes to school, graduates, and jumps into whatever job they can to make money right away, which I get. I think that's a normal part of the path, you know? Yeah. But if people went at a younger age could be thinking, who am I really? You know, it's not really about like what you've been told you want to study or what you want to do for a job. It's more like looking at who you are and what your strengths are and using that And that's that so to hard. Because it means so you have hard. to actually listen. I like to call them the whispers. It's like the whispers in your head that like you hear, but you're like, shut the fuck up. And <laughs> whenever I talk to people who are like in their early 20s, I'm always like, think of what brings you actual joy. Don't think about money. Because I was like, oh, I'm going to make money being a comedian just because I'm the goofy one with my friends. Like, no. But if that actually is what brings you joy and you're going to put in the work, I really feel like everyone can do what they want to do. If it, they really have the motivation for it and it, it makes them happy. I know. And it's hard when you're that age too. It does take time kind of going through the ups and downs like we talked about to get to the place where you recognize maybe what it is that brings you joy. Yeah. Because you grow up with society telling you what you should do. Your parents telling you what you should do. I had coaches telling me how I should think. And it gets to the point where you're kind of numb and you're just like, tell me what's next in life. What's the box I need to check. And then one day you're free and then you're like, okay, what am I supposed to do instead of, oh, let's 
dig deep. Yeah, I think that was the key also in me, like kind of being attracted to powerful people was that they were kind of telling me what to do with my life. And I think because yeah. I was I was used to that dynamic, even like within my family and within school, it's that was what made me feel safe and comfortable was having somebody who sort of told me like, okay, this is the move you're going to make. This is what we're going to do next. This is, you know, and like I always had my own career and all my own work, but it was within kind of this umbrella of me and someone else, you know? And I think that it takes a while to realize that that's not what you, you know, to like break free of that and and really figure out what it is. It's just for you. Your partners are such mirrors for you. And that was what I recently learned in therapy too, where she was basically like, it's not about him. He's a mirror that's like having things come out of you that you didn't want to face. And you're seeing things about yourself that you don't want to solve yet. So it's like, it's great that you're learning from your past relationships about like the patterns and stuff that really show you things that you didn't want to see. And a lot of therapy. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you know what? I swear to God, I think if I could tell any, if I could give advice to anyone about like just kind of how to find the direction in their life, I would say find a therapist because therapy is great. They just ask you simple questions that kind of give you this direction that you otherwise and your your brain is so scattered with a million thoughts and having a therapist to just sort of help you to streamline everything and understand where it's all funneling into is yeah. so helpful. It's like a brain coach. It's just like, you know, you yeah. go to Pilates or you go to the gym and you have a trainer. They're your brain coach. And it's equally important to work out that muscle probably more important than your physical muscle. Yeah. Okay. Now we, <laughs> this is how, this is how we do. We get on like a whole, I this is totally, so us. Like my, It's so us. My show has like a very specific format and every <laughs> time I go to do it with you, it just does not happen. But I love it. But this is the thing. I love these conversations too. So that's, I mean, that's great. Thank you. But on back on the bright side, can you, <laughs> can you talk about, an experience you've had where you, I mean, we have been talking about this to an extent, but Mm -hmm. um, an experience you've had that was really challenging for you that you, you know, thought maybe you'd never get through or it'd be really bad and it ended up being a positive for you in the long run. Yeah, I got fired from my job at Betches. And I was one of those people who like, when I love something, I'm very loyal. And I literally was like, you know, when you love a job, and you're just like, I will do this for the rest of my life. I literally was like, I'm going to work for Betches for the rest of my life. <laughs> I was making funny videos. I was doing interviews. I was like just having so much fun. I was finding my own voice. I had this like Insta story segment. I just felt like I felt so creative and I was the first job I loved. And then I got a call that I was going to be on Summer House. And they weren't very happy about it, but I was like, it's filming on the weekends. It doesn't, won't affect my job at all. And they were like, okay, make sure it doesn't affect your job. And I survived the summer. And then a couple months later, it was about to air. And they basically like pulled me aside and they were like, we don't feel like you're focused and like, you're basically done here. And I was like, so hurt. And there was like also weird, like kind of jealousy in the office where people were kind of like making remarks at me like, oh, are you still allowed to be in videos because you're on Summer House? I don't think that should be allowed. Like I had a following on my own Instagram that started to happen, but I didn't like join that company to be famous. I joined because I wanted to be a video producer and I just happened to start like getting um, momentum with like tweets. And I was, I was literally like coming of age there. And I just realized like I'd hit a glass ceiling there. At the time I was just like, that's fucked up. Fuck this. And I just kind of got thrown into the street, like right before Summer House was supposed to air. And then I realized that door closing 
was the kick in the ass I needed because I wouldn't have quit that company to then start stand up, like continue building content on my Instagram to grow, make burning in hell my top priority. And then when the show aired, I started getting like a new following of people who I got to be me, not another brand. And like, it was the biggest blessing ever that they fired me. I mean, that's crazy that they did that, by the way. (laughs) They're probably kicking themselves so hard now. Well, no, but I think they knew because part of me was like, you could start a podcast with me right now and you know that I'm going to have like a whole new following. But I think they were kind of saving their brand knowing like I was the first person within the company. I was the seventh hire to get their own momentum in it. And I think they were like, we don't want to be like a bar stool where we have like talent within the company. But like fast forward, now they do have talent in the company and they've realized I think they have to learn how to like deal with just like people having followings under their umbrella. But I was like kind of ahead of, I guess, the time there. Yeah. And like, they were just afraid. I think that it would have fucked up the energy of the office by having like a Bravo person in the office, I guess. Like you were going to start coming to the office every day (laughs) demanding like- Where's my avocado toast? (laughs) (laughs) Basically, I just, I called it Betches Bootcamp. They taught me all these things and helped me find my voice. And then I was like, let's go see if other people like it. My only goal in life is two things, never having a boss and waking up and not being depressed. <laughs> That's like my only two things that I want. Pretty worthy goals, I would say. Mm-hmm. One of the purposes of this podcast is to improve the lives of others in a positive way. And so I'm wondering if there's anyone in your life right now who's going through something um, who you would want to send positive energy or thoughts to today. I do. I actually have a friend who she's been battling an eating disorder um, for a long time. And she's like very successful, so hilarious. And it's kind of like a secret. No one really knows about it. And during quarantine, she's officially started to like work on it and really go to therapy and take the time to like stop making excuses. And I want to send energy and love to her because she's going through the hardship now that she's been avoiding to be like a healthier person later in life. Oh, well, good for her. That's that's a big thing to be taking mm-hmm. on. Yeah, because New York, you can make an excuse for anything. Like people don't even break up because they say they're too busy. <laughs> so like <laughs> to take care of yourself is hard. Yeah, no. With the hustle okay. and bustle. Well, good for her. Okay, well, we'll definitely keep her in our thoughts. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh my God, thank I you. I having you. I, I, once again, <laughs> like we could sit here and talk for the next two hours. As always. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Hannah. Always fun. Yes. Bye, honey. See you later. Bye. <laughs>